Welcome to Dick D's, a podcast about <laughs> porn. My name is Joey. Oh man, I'm just kidding. I should have come that. up with a good. <laughs> I should have come up with a good porn name. You should have warned me. Um, how can you turn Cold Cut into a good porn name? Oh, I, don't, I know. I don't know wow, man. we're we're shit in the bed here. This is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> we don't even have good porn star names. But my name is, in fact, Cold Cut. My name is Roxy Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy Sierra. Oh, I, I mean, I'm gonna be on this the whole intro now. I, I, there's gonna be some nagging part in the back of my brain going like, "You failed to come up with a good board name, Andrew." I, I guess I could lot. just go with the classic Big Dick Andrew, which I got called oh, yeah. a lot literally, in college. Literally, your nickname. Yeah, Big Dick. That Andrew. is my nickname. BBA Not. I have short. to come clean here. I was called that because apparently that's what they called Macklemore's bassist. And someone was like, let's call Andrew that. And that's why I got that nickname. I have to be transparent here. There's another reason he got that nickname. That's all I'll say about that. Welcome to Shifties, a podcast about restaurants. <laughs> and the people who work inside of them. We're going to try something new. We are. Structure. We're going to try and implement structure. Stru- Along with our structure, we've decided to prioritize education and content, especially in the first part of our introduction. So we want every week for you, the listener, to take some benefit out of this, especially if you work in restaurants. But even if you don't, you're going to learn something. Even if you just like restaurants, which is everyone. We all like restaurants. Yeah, yeah we do. They're great. Why? Because they have food, and food's good, and they have alcohol, and alcohol's also good. And speaking of alcohol, we want to feature something. We want to feature our drink of, of the, the week. week. You may remember we had a segment called Word of the Week in previous episodes. Well, we it's ran out of words. Now. We yep. ran out of words. There's so only like 13 words. Instead of the W-O-T-W, we got the D-O-T-W, the Which dick, just, or sorry, the drink of the week. <laughs> it's got a better flow to it. Our drink this week is a shrub and soda. We're not. We're going with a non-alcoholic drink this week because shrubs are weird. And I feel shrubs like... Shrubs are weird. Specifically, are weird. let's put some context here. Shrub... Right now does not mean your classic Monty Python and the Holy Grail Ooh, quality bush quality shrub reference. thing. Shrub is actually a reference to a specialty mixed beverage. And I'm going to defer to BDA over here to define what a shrub is in the context of a beverage. So when I was at Local 360, the coolest part of my job was getting to make the shrubs. And I, like many of you probably, had no clue what that meant when I started working at Local 360, so we're just going to like give you a little bit of info about what shrubs are and why you should order them. So a shrub is essentially equal parts fruit, a simple syrup, and vinegar. And apparently you can use a bunch of different kinds of vinegar. I'm not a super duper expert, but the exciting part is you can make it from like any fruit ever. And if you're the designated driver and you're tired of ordering Coke, the coolest thing that you can order that's non-alcoholic is a shrub and soda or some kind of shrub-based drink because each bar, they have one, they make it in-house all on their own. It's not like, you know, something that just shows up in a bottle or in a syrup form. And at Local 360, our general manager, Sylvan, would bring rhubarb in from his own garden. And I would turn that into a shrub. One of our servers named Simon would bring plums from his own plum tree. And we would turn that into a shrub. And that was always super cool to get to talk to guests about and be like, yeah, man, this is from someone's yard that works here. So would the vinegar break down the fruit? And then you would add the Actually, syrup. Actually, vinegar doesn't get added till the end. Mm. Um, 
I just learned that there's apparently cold shrubs and hot shrubs. I'm only familiar with hot shrubs, which uh, it's actually super easy to make. So essentially you just boil the fruit in simple syrup for a long ass time. <laughs> so I would get there in the morning, they would have a whole basket full of plums or whatever, and I would make the simple syrup, put it in the pot, and then you would put an equal amount of the fruit in there and just crank that boiler up, get it nice and going, and then you just let it sit. And it cooks and cooks and cooks and cooks and cooks and cooks, and eventually the fruit is like boiled way down to its essence or whatever, and you get all that flavor in there, and you strain out all the skins, and then you add your vinegar, so it's equal parts, simple syrup, fruit, and vinegar, and it's like fruity and sweet, but the vinegar also just cuts through all of that. You mix that with a little bit of bubbles, and it's super duper tasty. You can also like make cocktails with it, use it as an ingredient and all sorts of different things, but it's just really cool because you got to make it. Like it doesn't come in a bottle. It can be anything. Like herbs can be in there. You can throw like spices and like peppers and all sorts of crazy stuff. So kind of like the sky is really the limit. And if a place has their own shrub, it's always fun to ask about like what it is, where the stuff came from, and it's super good to taste. So stop so, ordering Coke. Don't order, don't order 7-Up. For context, the word shrub in a beverage setting means a composite of simple syrup, vinegar, and some fucking trees. Yeah. Yeah, or so fruits or vegetables. You say the sky is the limit. I'm assuming birds can't be put into shrubs. I mean, if you boiled a bunch of birds, that would probably just be broth. Broth with sugar and vinegar. So with, the sky is literally the yeah. limit. You're only allowed to use the earth. Yeah. It probably shouldn't be a meat. I don't know if you can make a meat shrub. I think it has to be vegetable or fruitable. Challenge accepted. And speaking of challenges, I want to move on to our next piece of content. 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 And that is restaurant news, everybody. We're making like Pod Save America and we're reading you the news, but we're not reading you the news over and over about the same thing and then complaining about it. You won't be depressed after this. You'll be excited. We're bringing you restaurant news. And since we live in Seattle, we're bringing you Seattle restaurant news. So to all of our listeners from like Japan and Jamaica and Jumanji, you're going to have to make a trip to Seattle. I couldn't think of a third J country. Jabroni. Jabroni? Yeah, Jabroni. Jabroni is person listening. To this. Jabroni is a person listening. Well, that kind of touches on the restaurant that we want to feature. So opening up in Seattle recently is... Schmaltzy's Delicatessen. Schmaltzy's Deli. Schmaltzy's Delicatessen. Schmaltzy's Deli? No, I was phrasing the same restaurant name oh. twice because deli is actually short for delicatessen. I did not know that. But, well, now you're making me question it. I'm 98% sure I'm gonna look it deli up. is short for delicatessen. But Schmaltzy's Delicatessen is a newfound storefront restaurant in Seattle. It was a food truck called napkin friends you can just follow the implications there and after two years of constructions this food truck offshoot is open in the area known as free lard and for those of you unaffiliated or unknowing of seattle lingo free lard is the fake joint district between fremont an actual district and ballard another another actual, actual district, district. 
Okay, and they, on the, the fringe border of those just two Just to things. interrupt with a little vocabulary check, Google does in fact confirm Delicatessen is a store selling cold cuts, cheeses, and a variety of salads, as well as a selection of unusual or foreign prepared foods. So I would be right at home. So am I now 100% confirmed that deli is short for yeah. delicatessen? Yeah. Does that mean that where we are recording right now is technically selling a cold cut? That means wherever I go is automatically, by nature, a delicatessen. Welcome to Shifty's Delicatessens, <laughs> a podcast about cold cuts. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's true. So going back to Schmaltzies, first of all, A plus name. Yes, A plus name. That is a Z in the in the word Schmaltzy. They create from scratch pastrami sandwiches. They specialize in corned beef, lox, and matzo ball soup. Like any good deli, I'm almost going to veer into a New York accent, like a Brooklyn accent, because we're going to the deli to get some matzo ball soup. That's pretty good. But, but, here's the scoop, or rather the bomb. They have a sandwich called, I kid you not, Mm -hmm. the Flavor Bomb. The Flavor Bomb. The Flavor Bomb. It is a slow-roasted tri-tip spiced tomato jam and chimichurri sandwich. I feel like when we do this segment in the future, I want to have gone to the place. Because right now, I'm just very depressed that I have not eaten the Flavor Bomb in my life. Well, we don't know the negative side effects of having a Flavor Bomb go through the digestive tract. Tune in next week on Shifties to hear how the Flavor Bomb landed in my digestive tract. You know how they say certain things when you're on certain things are so good that you can't ever appreciate normal things again? Like driving a Porsche and then Mm. going back and driving a 2013 Ford Fiesta like I have. It's just not going to be the same ever again. I worry that the Flavor Bomb will ruin all of their flavors forever. Yeah. Because it bombed my taste buds out of my mouth. That's a risk I've got to take, though, because, I don't know, I was trying to think of a delicatessen pun, and I my pun drive failed me, so please continue. Well, speaking of things that you have to take in places that may fail you, it's time to bring back an old segment, a favorite of early shifties, mostly a segment that I thought of and then we all collectively abandoned. It's called Just the Tip. Just the Just Tip. Just the Tip. The part where we tell you how to do your job better because we have a podcast you know so we know what we're talking about right we certainly fucking do we have a microphone do you if you you don't if you do then you can just stop listening now but if you don't we (laughs) have a better to be fair to the listener and uh to history just the tip was born in episode one which was recorded on an iphone and i had been working in a restaurant for about seven months at that point i suppose that automatically disqualifies anyone who has a smartphone with a microphone from listening to us Hmm. so he takes that back everybody here's just the tip for this week and this was posed to me by my dear friend cold cut not too long ago in fact earlier tonight so cold cut Mm -hmm. tell me the runaround you were getting from pinocchio's the restaurant he works at well i quit pinocchio's well now i'm back doing banquets at Pinocchio's but for a while there I was on call for like four shifts every week I don't know I can't do it man it was so sporadic like basically I was kind of expected to just have my whole life on hold and you know I like restaurants I do a whole podcast about it but I also majored in theater and uh want to do acting and writing and creative stuff which means that he can't work a job without being super duper dramatic. Yeah, which means I can't work a job without being super duper dramatic. And also, I like to have days off and like time to plan to work on things. So like recently, 
I've been working brunch, which I enjoy because it gives me more free time. But something that sucks about the restaurant industry is like some places really do kind of expect you to put your life on hold and open your schedule up and just kind of do whatever they want you to do. Like any job, the more available and like the more good at your job and like open to helping people out you are, the better you're going to do. But it sort of creates this boundaryless expectation where you're just kind of their little tool that they can bust out, which is very disruptive, discombobulating, and it's hard to schedule your life. So that's kind of where I've been at recently is trying to navigate working in restaurants and still keep my life open to the things that I want it to be about. Yeah, that's what our Just a Tip is this week because Joey's working two jobs right now and is doing a pretty good job of it, I would say. So what, what's your secret? Cold cut. Yeah. Ask me what my tip is. What's your tip? Here's my tip, cold cut. Yeah, there we go. Know your value, okay? And not only your personal value, but know the value of the role that you are filling. And ask yourself this question. Would it be easier for my restaurant to fire me and get somebody else, or would it be easier for them to listen to what I'm asking and to give me that because they would rather keep me in that role? Hmm. And that partly plays into knowing your value. For example, if you show up to work every day butt naked, <laughs> they're yeah. probably going to be like, we don't want this guy to show up to work anymore. Every time he walks in the door. Hey, have so, you seen me? <laughs> have you seen me? That's, that's probably adding to the problem. It's not only you showing up naked, but you're like knocking things over, you know, because BDA is it's a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, I was going to make that joke and then I was like, nah. Let, uh, let someone else make the joke. <laughs> I yeah. guess. But in all sincerity, the thing about restaurants is no one job is really that important because there's a million restaurant workers and there's a million restaurants. Even if you don't live in a metropolis like we do, even if you live in the suburbs, I can't really in good faith extend this to like super small towns because there truly might be like one diner if you're listening Uh, to this and you live in a really small town number one hello i bet it's very nice there uh number two you should probably move to a big city i don't know it's it's more fun it is definitely more fun there's more things to do but traffic's bad though the point being in restaurants everyone is trying to do the least amount of work possible at every single position including the managers who control firing you and hiring you yeah And so if they're jerking you around and you allow them to, it's kind of like the schoolyard bully situation. They will continue to abuse you exactly as much as you allow them to. Exactly. There is no good faith. There is no, hey, I realized independently that I'm scheduling you to an on-call shift four or five out of the seven days of the week. Really what that's going to turn into is, oh, this person is available on call four or five days out of the week because every time I call them in, they come in. They, and yep. every time I call them off, they don't come in. So in my I head, also made the mistake of telling them that I live two blocks away. Like, don't do that. Don't say that. They don't need to know. They don't need to know that. But if you were to stand your ground and say, look, I have other things going on in my life and I am going to be unavailable to be on call Monday through Sunday, let's say. That was a joke. That's every day. (laughs) Let's just say I will be on call Thursday and Friday, but the rest of the days I need a consistent schedule. Even if that restaurant says, 
I'm sorry to say that we can't give you enough shifts that you want to have, so you either need to be on call these days, or you need to accept the fact that you only have two or three shifts a week. At the very least, you got a definitive answer, you stood up for yourself, and now you're not in nebulous territory. You're not Spider-Man when he gets lost in limbo, mm-hmm. when he goes and fights Doc Ock or whatever. That's not even the right villain. The but other thing you can do You're not in limbo. You're in certainty. You just, can go look for another job. Yeah, you can just days. quit. You can just quit. Which, that's like a weird mindset that I definitely get in sometimes. Where it's like, oh no, like this job, oh, I can't, oh my god, oh blah blah blah. You can just quit. You can just quit. <laughs> and they'll probably rehire you if you change your mind. Every place I've ever quit would totally rehire me. Case in point, Pick Pickanokios <laughs> has rehired me after I quit that place. Uh, after beefing with some of those chefs spectacularly, I was like, Hey, man, can I work some banquets here? And what do you know? Uh, People are kind of chill. Let me tell you, if you live in a city, your restaurant is Uh short-staffed. Guaranteed, (laughs) no matter what, your restaurant's short-staffed. And if you have a body and you are not walking in the door butt-naked every day, they'll probably hire you, no matter what. And that is knowing your value. Yeah, and if you are crazy and you do walk in every day, I don't really know what to tell you. I can't relate to that experience. But Oh, here's the tip. Here's just the tip for for those of you who walk into work naked every day and you're tired of getting fired. Uh, <laughs> wear clothes to work and you'll stop getting fired. All right. You're welcome. That's the quality content we provide at Shifty's Podcast. Just a tip. Wear clothes and cover up your tip. All right. So now, Cold Cut, we have a very special thing going on. What is the thing going on? We're about to get divined divinated oh, i don't really are. know the proper context of that word Divined? but we're about to head over to percy's mm-hmm. apothecary and pub that's technically what it's called is it really though like apothecaries sell potions and i'm pretty sure they don't do they sell shrubs oh you got me there because percy sells shrub you got me there Shrubs? Shrub. They sell shrub they sell shrub that is the plural and the yeah. singular in this context it's weird so we're going to go to Percy's, which is a bar in Ballard uh, that you may have heard of on this podcast before. They have this really cool wall that has all these kind of fasteners attached to it with different shaped bottles, and, like little plants growing out of them. It's a very cool wall. It's very apothecary-ish. Well, and here's the <clears throat> inspiration for that. So on their website, they even list that they have apothecary-inspired cocktails, meaning that they are true concoctions. They are elixirs at heart. That's where they draw their inspiration from. But... <clears throat> They kind of have this occult, supernatural theme going through it. And that's why we went there to get our tarot read. Mm-hmm. Tarot, which is a divination card reading, uh, happens there every week. And so we went in, stopped in with their resident tarot reader, learned a little bit about our futures and the future of the podcast, found out a bunch of stuff about ourselves as creators. And Cold Cut, I think I speak for both of us when I say that it was startlingly insightful. Yeah, the I, truth of our I minds. think, you know, I went, I went to tiny private school, very conservative upbringing, was consistently taught that tarot is sort of just nebulously bad. Yeah, not really sure what it was about, but uh, having it done by somebody who really knew what they were doing, it was very, very interesting. Like, number one, it was not bullshit. So that was interesting, <laughs> like all on its own. If you um, guys knew Cold Cut personally, for him to say it's not bullshit is a yeah an, an enormous step. I feel like I had this kind of 
image of, you know, fortune tellers or telling the future. And one thing that um, we were told when our tarot was being read is that, you know, this isn't necessarily telling the future. It's showing you what your options are. And it was very pres prescriptive almost. It was very like, here's the situation that you're in. And like, here are things that you're looking at and here are things that you're thinking about. And this is where you're trying to get to. And this, these are some things that are in your way. And instead of it being like, a, oh, wow, here's a Harry Potter chapter. It was more like, it just gave me very insightful perspective that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about or had without doing it, which was impactful and made me think a lot. So yeah, suck it, private school. You're, you're, uh, you're wrong about that, at least. You probably got all that shit about Armageddon right. On that note, here is us getting our tarot read. And here's where the transition music goes. This is the Shifties Podcast, brought to you by... Shrubs and soda. Yep. These are the Porn. facts. Porn. <laughs> tarot, as is um, the Kabbalah. So, if, would you could spend your entire life just learning about the Kabbalah? You know. What's the Kabbalah? Um, are you familiar with Judaism? Yeah. It is Judaism. Oh. <laughs> the tree of life. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, my friend, here we go. So the spread that I use is called the Celtic Cross. It's a really traditional spread. And the idea is that it's you and how you're spiraling out into the universe. The 10 card spread, the first card that I pull kind of gives me a sense of what we're looking at in the reading. And for you, the card that I pulled is the Nine of Wands. So the suit of wands is the element of fire. Fire is always going to be about spark of creation and what makes our life go. Nine of wands, when we see this card, we're saying, drawing a line in the sand, enough is enough. It's like, um, we're not waiting for people to recognize our worth. We know our worth, and now we're telling people our worth, right? Really, really powerful card. So right in the center of the spread, we're starting off with the King of Cups showing up. He's a writer, a poet, an artist, a musician. And when I see this card, I'm thinking, wow, this is somebody, this is a man who's like really living from his heart. It's influenced by the Four of Wands. So of course we know the four, the number four is the number of stability. The suit of wands, that spark of creation, what makes our life go. This is a sense of completion, reasons to celebrate. And kind of like we've reached a certain plateau and now we can sit back and really enjoy what it is that we've done. And it's crowned by the ace of wands, which is fresh starts, new business, new enterprise, new creative projects. So as I'm looking at this combination of cards, these two kind of manifest in this one. So uh, what I'm saying is, here's an artist, a writer, a poet, a musician who's been working on a creative project and is now seeing this creative project really gaining traction, time to really, that spark is like, it's really catching fire. What's behind you that put you in this position? More than three months ago, we've got two of wands balancing your power in the world. It's like you're saying, I know where I want to go, now how do I want to go there? Where you're at right now, we've got the chariot showing up. This is within the last three months. Major arcana, 
and the major arcanas, which you have two in your spread, this is your higher self at work. So when we're seeing the chariot, we're talking about driving major projects forward, staying in your integrity, telling your creative truth, um, defending your values and your traditions and what actually matters to you. What we'll see for you in the next three months, and I'll say your final outcome card and the next three months, they're both eights. The number eight is the number of mastery. I've got a handle on things. So what we're seeing for you in the next three months is you leaving behind the old happiness, moving towards the new happiness. What's done is done, now it's time to move forward. The card that represents you in the spread, Page of Wands, and this is really great. He's a little fire starter. So it's like, love the moment and let it go. Don't take anything seriously right now. Just set a bunch of little fires and see what's really gonna work for you. With your environment card being about balancing all of these different priorities and all of these different projects that you have going on. Your subconscious, the Empress showing up, in the background you're thinking to yourself, I wanna see these ideas manifest and become real. And that is who the Empress is, the ultimate creator. The number three is, in numerology, known as works. But it's when we take things out of our imagination and they become real. It's interesting to me, though, that your final outcome card is the Eight of Swords, which is all about indecision. And nothing feels like the right next step. So here she is trapped between these swords, not sure where to go, even though you know it's time to move on. You're so ready to see these things coming to fruition. And in fact, that's exactly what's happening. Happening. It's just this sense of uncertainty for what's to come. So I would say everything in your spread looks positive. So don't sweat that you don't know what the next right step is. It seems inevitable to me that you're headed in the right direction. Thank you very much, yeah, Melissa. My pleasure. That was, uh, I mean, Naomi Hammer, wow. Very <laughs> impressive. So, uh, kind of a follow-up question. In these readings, uh, how many different suffix items are Like, I got a lot of wands. Is that a common yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Does that speak to something? So, yeah, absolutely. The suit of wands, the element of fire, that spark of creation, right? So that is making things happen. Had you had gotten all swords, then I know that you'd just be thinking about it. Suit of swords, the element of air, intellect, and communication. If it were all cups, the suit of cups is the element of water, and water is about our heart and our artistry and our creativity. Who else am I missing? Oh, the suit of pentacles. That's the element of earth. And earth is, I'm grounded, I'm rooted, here's what matters to me. Okay, very cool. Thank yeah. you so much. Can I ask what the significance of your items that are also on the table are? Yeah, absolutely. So I keep, my um, my mala beads are made out of turquoise. Turquoise is my stone, stone for Sagittarius. Um, it's about telling the truth. And it's also, these little skeleton guys, it's the idea of impermanence. It's the, the Tibetan skulls, so it's the idea that we don't really get to keep anything. And that is actually kind of one of those truths in life. And then I have my crystal quartz. Crystal is a transmitter, so it helps me really get a really clear message. I've got my rose quartz heart. Rose quartz is for love. And then my little piece of labradorite here. Labradorite is the stone of the high priestess. So it is all about trusting your inner knowing. And then I have my really cool little yes or no coin here. If we're really stuck, we can just flip a coin. <laughs> How did you begin like I am very I level one in all of these things yeah. I, I'm just very like in the dark I began as a little girl we would play dress up and I would dress up like a gypsy and do tarot readings with playing cards for my friends so I 
think, honestly, it's like past life for me. I mean, I, I have always known how to reach row. Always. So, and then over the years, I think I've been reading for something like 35 years now, and so it's not really a matter of using the book to know it anymore. I've done so many readings and then gone out into my day and seen how my day plays out, and then I can think back on the cards, that now it's just like call and response. I know exactly what's happening, given what I'm seeing in the card. Like, it, it all makes sense to me now. I don't think that I read anything in a past life. I like, I, I aspire to connect to this stuff. It's 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 so interesting. Let's make that happen then. Yes. Here we go. Oh, see, this is great. So your signifier card. I love that you got. I love that you got this one. Three of Pentacles is a great card for artists. It is the artist card actually. So you'll notice in this this rendition. She's wearing the headdress of the high priestess and she's got the wand of the magician. It's the balance between divine feminine and divine masculine. Trusting your gut, listening to your inner knowing and directing your will towards what you want. The literal definition of this card goes something like rank, renown and glory in the arts. So it's you getting recognized for your talents. That's why the cat's juggling. <laughs> juggling all this. So cute. So great. So that's the theme on your reading. Present position influenced by, crowned by, more than three months ago, the last three months, the next three months. Here's you, your environment, your subconscious, and your final outcome. We'll have a chat about what's coming because I'm, okay. that's so curious to me because this is so awesome. So here we go. Right in the center of the reading, page of swords showing up, secrets being revealed, new information coming in, coming right from your heart and telling your truth, influenced by Queen of Cups, which is Mary Magdalene, unconditional love, that mama love, like really manifesting from this beautiful place in your heart, crowned by Ace of Pentacles, fresh starts in terms of health, wealth, and finances and what really matters to you. So I think that you've got a lot of heart invested in your new projects and in creating a life of meaning for yourself. And all of this is like this new idea for you. It's so curious to me that we've got three really hard cards coming up for you in the future because what you want is so beautiful and it's so meaningful to you. Now what's put us in this position, in the distant past, more than three months ago, the sun shine. The sun is major arcana, as is the hermit. So you've been doing some really deep spiritual work and your environment card is also major arcana. And this is your higher self at work across the board. The sun, mergers, partnerships, alliances, celebrations, things coming together, you know. We're seeing like it's all coalescing. But, but now that it's coming together, you're in this position of the hermit doing this deep dive, going, doing your shadow work, looking inside of yourself and like really having these moments of like, oh, clarity. Well, I don't like this part of myself or I do like this part of myself. Being led by your own lamp of inner illumination, I think that what we'll see for you in the next three months is you thinking it to death. This is this is Ten of Swords. She, you can see that she's pinned down by all of the swords around her. The suit of swords is the element of air, and that's intellect and communication. So the next three months for you, trapped by your own thoughts. The card that represents you in the reading, Nine of Swords. The name of that card is Misery. Dude, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. So this is your inner dialogue 
dialogue is just tough. The things that you're talking to other people about, tough. Your subconscious card, three of swords, that's sorrow. My goodness, what is going on? So when we see three of swords, it's like conversations that just need to be had, man. Pull the band-aid off. Say what needs to be said despite the consequences. Go for broke. So I think that's going to be the thing that alleviates this scenario because check this out. And by the way, your final outcome card is uh, Six of Cups and that's nostalgia for the past. So I, my hunch is that all of these hard thoughts and feelings stuck is a situation that you have not yet resolved inside yourself that's from the way back. Because check it out, your environment card is optimism, the future, and following your guiding star towards your hopes and your dreams. So you're, you're in prime position to be on point for all of these new things that you're creating for yourself, but it's like you're holding yourself hostage to a past that just isn't resolved for you, and yet the theme on your reading is you getting recognized for your talents. So I would almost say, looking at that, it's like, don't be scared of your success, man. You know, like, forgive yourself for whatever you need to forgive yourself for. Talk to whoever you need to talk to about whatever's not done, and wrap this up, because everything else in your reading wants you to Succeed. Okay. Thank you. I, I, that was very clear to me. I don't have any questions. <laughs> you look a little stunned, actually. I am. I am a little stunned. Um, seriously, thank you. That was amazing. My pleasure. Thank you for sitting with me. Of course. Full disclosure, we are recording this somewhat after the fact of when we actually had our tarot read, and we just listened to the audio of our tarot being read, and I think both of us are sitting here right now, shook, as the kids say. Yeah, again. How, how tangible it was, and practically, and that's, I think it goes beyond the confirmation bias and, like, interpreting interpreting the, the things and applying them to our, our lives as we would. I mean, the cards that were drawn for us and how Melissa explained them to us was incredibly profound. To me, like, the consistent themes of like thinking it to death and also nostalgia. I don't know. I'm sure this is something that like many people do, but I definitely compare my situation to like an idealized past situation that maybe never actually was real. I don't know. I get like locked down in my head. I remember like that night I went home and was like thinking about it and I did exactly the thing that she said that I do overthink things and get all like locked up in my head like while it was happening i was like dude you're doing the thing that you're not supposed to do so that was very interesting i thought specifically when she talked about your nostalgia point of sixth west for context listeners sixth west was the college dorm floor that both cold cut and i lived on and became very close friends on and were legends on we were legends but if you notice the difference in intonation between each of ours saying that, it's because Colcut's nostalgia factor regarding that floor is very high. And there are definitely reasons to be nostalgic over it. It was a truly incredible experience. But I've long told him that we are now just as capable and legendary in our current lives as we were in that past life. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that I've been trying to impress on Cold Cut is that who we were back then is actually who we are now. And all of that all of that goodness that we had is not lost with the era, but rather brought forth into this new era. And so that's what resonated with me. I guess there's really no way to talk about this without totally psychoanalyzing each other's uh, traits. And so Cold Cut, what do you think about my tarot? 
I thought the fire starting thing was very interesting. I mean, particularly in the context of shifties. I felt like that was very accurate. I don't have something super profound to say about it, but like you have started like a bunch of different projects and like take something different from each of those things, which was interesting. What was your like final outcome? The Eight of Swords, which I have various feelings about. Because that was like another interesting thing. I mean, both of our outcomes were like pretty negative and there was like a lot of negative stuff, but like we, we also had lots of, you know, creative like partnerships and alliances. I mean, cause Joey and I have worked on a number of different things and you know, Joey's also a DJ and I think you had like that LLC or something like that, that I you just like still got out of the vice president of an LLC. It yeah. Kinda, it kind of disbanded, but legally we are still, uh, incorporated. I loved the, just like starting a bunch of different fires and see what, see what catches. I got dunked on a little bit, so there's a lot more to talk about there about me getting dunked on. Before we, I don't, I don't mean to dunk on anybody too much, but I see that Eight of Swords. I think she was being nice to me personally. Mm -hmm. I think for one, I, I, I do remember it differently. I don't think it was my final outcome card. Although we just listened to it back, and I, I think she did say that, but I believe it was my second to last card. It wasn't the final outcome. It was hmm. something like current, current situation or something like that. Um, whereas in, indecision has definitely been my main failing, uh, consistently, so to speak, which is that it's fun to start fires. It's easy to start fires, but it's hard to put out some fires to make one fire bigger. Yeah. And when she said that, I believe it was the page of hearts when she said that there's new information that has been revealed to you. What did you think of that? At the I time? don't know. I still don't know. Hmm. That was... Yeah, I don't know. I was I was thinking about it. I feel like in the last period of months, I don't know, just going off of the nostalgia stuff, I definitely have had. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm 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 bloviating now. So yeah, I don't know. That's a great word. It's a good word. It's a great word. Yeah. Bloviate. Come on, that's upper echelon. Yeah. Well, one thing that stuck with me is that you're surrounded in a positive environment. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking. Man, Melissa, thanks for that compliment. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I am the optimism to your negative. You are negativity. pretty optimis optimistic. I'm not that negative. I wouldn't say you're negative, but you do get trapped in your own head. That's and I true. Try and bring I do you that. Out with positivity. That that was the most uh, that was the most interesting part to me is the I think it was the ten of swords and about like getting trapped in my own head and getting bogged down with nostalgia and comparing my circumstances to like an idealized past like that was that is very accurate <clears throat> i'm really i'm not sure about the secret information or like the new information i've definitely tried to like break that cycle in the past month or so since we had our tarot's read you know particularly with creative projects i guess specifically like my last year in college I worked on this like movie script and we were going to film it and it was going to be this like whole huge project and uh, it fucking tanked like it it absolutely tanked and uh, it was very shitty and embarrassing kind of killed my motivation to do anything for like two and a half years. I feel like only recently I've been really getting out from under that and stopped comparing myself to the past and just kind of forgiven myself. So maybe that could be part of the secret information is just accepting failure or like 
learning that it's okay to fail. No, I think that, I think that that's a, a good, insightful way to look at it. I think that uh, I, I think she hit both of our tarot's on the head in the sense that you are a creative genius that is convinced that you aren't in a way. Mm. You know your own powers and talents, but I think deep down. You think of yourself as too small town and not star quality to ever be a star, and that's your inherent self-doubt. Yeah, or I'm just really afraid of that, which is partially why there's the whole nostalgia thing. Because, I mean, in college, not to just go on and bore all of you, I was the shit in college. Everybody knew who I was. And there was a while after I graduated where I was like, damn, am I ever going to be as cool as I was in college again? And, uh... Probably not. Like, probably not. But uh, I don't need to hold that over myself. No, you don't. And listeners, just so you know, Cold Cut was very convinced that he was the shit in college. I was the shit in college. But I knew Cold Cut in college, and I knew him after college, and I know him now. Mm -hmm. After, after college. After, after college. Which is a whole new era. And I have to say, he was way more of an asshole back then. He's way nicer now, and I prefer to interact with him now, and I also think he's more capable and competent as an adult human being. So in a lot of ways, he is more of a person now than he was in college, but, I mean, this is getting so deep, yeah. so deep for shifties, but we, we, we can turn the tables back to me. Yeah, let's turn the I tables mean, back to you. Here's what I'm thinking. I can't, Obviously, I fixate on the one negative card. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you right. about the, the swords. Like, a lot of the other stuff made a lot of sense to me. Like, the starting projects, the creative mastery, like, the moving towards that. Like, those things make sense to me. Especially in the ways that I've seen you work on your DJ stuff. Like, the effort that you put into that. And, like, I remember the show you played recently at like the silent disco. So you got over, it, it got over and I was like, dude, I could tell how much thought you put into that. And you were like, yeah, I thought more about that than anyone else who played. And I was like, I could tell like, that's awesome. That totally makes sense with like all those things that were coming up. But then that whole, the swords card, like, like what do you, what, how do you explain that? So I was looking it up and according to Biddy Tarot, it's Reveals that you feel trapped and restricted by your circumstances. You believe your options are limited with no clear path out. Ultimately, the the point of the upright eight of swords... I can't... Hold on a second. I don't remember if it was upright or downturn. She did not do the up, the upper reverse thing. I seem to remember looking at the card that the sword, swords were sticking downward. And if we're going with the reversed, which I believe is a downward, it's self-limiting beliefs, inner critic, releasing negative thoughts, uh, and being open to new perspectives. What I'm reading from this, which I think is applicable, is that I would limit myself and entrap myself in a system that ultimately I am entrapping. Like in the card, the person trapped by the swords has the ability to free themselves. Hmm but is not. I would interpret that to a confining worldview, perhaps an irrational one, that is self-imposed. So you just gotta stop believing in aliens. Honestly, if that's the key, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know. That is really interesting, because I feel like your worldview is very optimistic, and, like, anything can happen. Yeah, I would not define you as somebody who is, like, stuck in an ideology. I don't necessarily, I shouldn't say ideology as it equates to the world, world, word worldview. Hmm. I think it might just be 
core belief as to what the end result might be, and that core belief is ultimately that it will be negative, and all of my positivity is an attempt to fight that, but in the end, perhaps I've seen too many things just go negative hmm. ultimately and, and terminally to to fight that, you know? Or perhaps I see, I know one thing is maybe I see char- characteristics of my own in other people, and I observe those characteristics in others uh, and worry about them or fear the consequences and then internalize those consequences or behaviors into myself. Hmm. I feel like the biggest takeaway, if I'm going to relate both of ours to this podcast, because we did go get our tarot's read as an episode of the podcast, it is that, you know, we talk a lot about like what we want this podcast to be and like what success looks like and blah, 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 blah. And like, it's definitely something that I've thought about. Like there's a billion podcasts, like literally there's infinity hours of podcasts and it's kind of like screaming into the void a little bit, but whatever, dude, you know, that is like, I feel like that's the kind of negativity and like trapping yourself in your own thoughts or like putting yourself in that world view that like nothing can happen. And like having a mindset of like, Oh, let's just be really optimistic you know, that's what's trapping us inside our head. Like just doing it, like doing this podcast is what makes it good. Like we went and had our tarot's read and I think this episode is going to be great. I haven't listened to it yet. I've just listened to myself talk for the last like 45 minutes. That's really cool. And it just kind of came about organically and you got to just do it to do it. You got to build the fire and like keep the fire going and stoke the fire and it's interesting that both of our sword cards that were very negative, like I had the misery card and the sorrow card and all of those things. And all of those were internal. All of those were like very brainy and very cerebral and separate from reality. But then we also had all these other great cards of like creative alliances and partnerships and, and growth and endeavors and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, if I would take anything away from mine and yours as well, maybe I should just like tell my brain to chill out sometimes. Just do it. Maybe I need to tell myself that it is actually possible. Yeah. It is actually possible to speak into this microphone right now, have people listen to it and then buy our shifties limited edition (laughs) beanies Get ready for the winner because the winner is here. We have Shifty's custom beanies. They come in all shades of gray, meaning gray. And they've got our cool bottle logo on it. That's a turquoise bottle with the word Shifty's going through it. Coming at you soon this Christmas uh, season. Just go to www. That's www.shiftiespodcast.com slash winner slash beanies slash four four five six two nine eight seven. That's shiftiespodcast.com slash winner slash beanies. That's beanies with an S. Slash I thought it was four four five six two nine eight seven. Yeah, head over to that totally real URL. Uh, buried in that bullshit. I think we're gonna have beanies at some point soon. No, we are. I mean, you and I personally have. Beanies. We do have our own. We, beanies. These actually are real beanies. They're sick beanies. We made them for ourselves, and we realized that we wear them so often because they're so dope that we want to sell them. So, uh, yeah.
Yeah. That's that's the plan. Um, I've been Roxy Sierra. Foxy Sierra? I don't remember what I said. Right. I've been Roxy Sierra. Roxy Sierra. And I'm a big dick Andrew, I guess. And uh, also, that was Melissa. Oh, yes. Who uh, has been reading tarot for over 25 years. Yeah, and she reads, is it every Tuesday? Every Tuesday at Percy's Apothecary Shop. Yeah, uh, honestly... Awesome experience. Seriously fantastic. Awesome. Like, blew us away. Head over there. Uh, she'll read your tarot. You can get some awesome drinks. You can check their shrub and soda out. Uh, I would absolutely recommend it. And seriously, like, I I, I can't say enough good things about her. Mm-hmm. Truly. I mean, I think we both got some exposure to tarot when we went to Shambhala and we had some friends reading tarot and it seemed kind of cool. Yeah, it was she, way faker than when she did it. That was she, she peeled back all the layers of our psyche mm-hmm. accurately. And was kind, professional, really insightful, eloquent. Yeah, Melissa, Tuesdays from, I think, 7 to 10 at Percy's Bar in Ballard. Two out of two would recommend. Until next time, it has been my personal privilege. And our collective pleasure. To serve all of you. And you. And even you. Party Fish Media.